For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. The only place of the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio. On this week's show, we're going to talk about the San Francisco 49ers and their upcoming football matchup over the next week. But before we do all that, we have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Bed and Barry Podcast. For one break, we previewed what we are going to do for this week's show. Once again, talk about the Niners and their upcoming game against the Washington Commanders here in Week 16. But before we get into the game preview, we got to do what we always do, which is recap how we did last week and how the Niners did last week. And overall, both went very well. The Niners won the game against Seattle pretty comfortably, won the game by eight. Bit misleading of a score. Uh, Seattle didn't have a touchdown until about the four-minute mark in the fourth quarter. And then the uh, Seahawks ended up kicking it deep, and the uh, 49ers ran out the entire clock. So Seattle never had the ball at the shot to actually uh, tie the game in the fourth quarter, and the Niners coasted. So nice winner there. But for our picks, we ended up sweeping, had the Niners minus the points, and also had the under. Really never in doubt, Seattle is not a good football team. I understand they might make the playoffs, but you're looking at how this team has played down the stretch, and Seattle is 7-7 seven and seven overall. Their points for and points against are identical, 355. So Seattle is the definition of a mediocre football team, and they've struggled down the stretch. Uh, San Francisco has been peaking at the right time. Purdy's been very good, and the Niners ended up coasting. The defense really took over the game from start to finish. They got robbed of a pick six, so the, go- the game should have been even more high-scoring or more of a blowout, but they called the roughing the passer on Bosa, which was debatable, let's put it that way. Didn't matter long-term, though, as the Niners officially won their seventh straight. So uh, looking at the Niners, they are uh, they already clinched the division, so they are officially going to the playoffs, and they look like a well-oiled machine. Now, they're not going to catch Philly because Philly has one loss. However, uh, they are making a serious push for the two-seed in the NFC as they're currently one game behind Minnesota. So we'll see if the Niners can improve their seeding. But for the sake of the division, it is over, and the Niners officially have clinched a playoff spot. So to go through the actual game with the stats last week in Seattle, uh, really a lot of good for the 49ers and a lot of bad for Seattle. Starting off with the good, uh, the Niners really played a flawless game offensively. They did not score many points, but they did the most important thing, which is not committing mistakes in Seattle They forced the Seahawks to go the length of the field all the time, and the Seahawks couldn't do it because they had no touchdowns for the first three and a half quarters. But to go through the actual stats, Purdy was very efficient. 
Ended up going for 217 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Sacked one time, QBR of 62.3. McCaffrey was very good. Had 26 carries for 108 yards and a touchdown. Jordan Mason had four carries for 64 yards. Almost a touchdown. Got tackled there at the one-yard line when he was trying to ice out the game. And Purdy also had negative two rushing yards, but he had that big uh, extender on that third down, which ended up resulting in a first down. So he showcased the mobility, led to a very crucial conversion to help run up the clock, and that kind of iced the game. For the receiving core, Kittle emerged as a serious threat. Four receptions and 93 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he got loose a couple of times. First one was that really impressive play design where he was wide open up the seam. Second one was one of the first plays of the second half. He was just wide open. Nobody was within 30 yards, and he made everyone else miss. Besides that, Juwan Jennings, 31 yards. McCaffrey, six catches, 30 yards. So McCaffrey went for a total of 32 touches, 138 yards. Uh, Croft had one catch there in the second half for 28 yards. Ayuk had two for 19, and McLeod went one for 16. So overall, the Niners did a great job. No fumbles, no interceptions. They had roughly 400 yards of offense. So the offense was solid, only scored 21, but they really didn't need to score much. It was pretty conservative for a play-calling perspective. And Purdy was also banged up with the oblique injury earlier that week, and he really showed no ill effects to that. So great game for the Niners. Now they have extra time to prepare for this one because that game was on Thursday night, and Purdy can now have a couple extra days to rest the oblique, etc., for Seattle, though, Geno Smith uh, ended up having a decent game stats-wise, but he played a lot worse than his stats suggest. Went 31-44, 238, had one touchdown, no picks. Should have been a pick six, but once again, the refs kind of bailed him out there. Got sacked three times for 31 yards lost and had a QBR of 48.2. The ground game did nothing. Kenneth Walker played, had 47 yards and 12 carries. Geno Smith had one scramble there for a first down on third down early in the game, and he had finished with 18 yards, and Homer had one carry for five. For the receiving core, Lockett had seven receptions for 68 yards, then he also broke his finger, and he might be out for the year. DK Metcalf had seven catches for 55 yards, was very, very talkative uh, to the defensive backs, ended up getting an unsportsmanlike in the first half, which was kind of embarrassing, because Seattle had one first down up to that point, and Metcalf was talking trash, and they were losing pretty comfortably at that point, which I thought was very weird. Uh, Noah Font had that garbage time touchdown, finished with 32 yards. Kenneth Walker had 32 yards. Uh, most of it was on that touchdown drive. I had a 33-yard reception there. Uh, besides that, basically it. And for the fumbles, Homer had a fumble loss, which was returned inside their own roughly 5- or 10-yard line, which set up McCaffrey for the free rushing touchdown. The fumble really kind of ended the game. And I know it wasn't even halftime, but the Niners were dominating, and yet it was still around 7-0, 7-3. Like, Seattle was hanging in there, and then Homer fumbled, and they just gifted San Francisco a free seven points. And based on the final score, uh, the Niners reaching 14 was the magic number, because Seattle only scored 13. But that kind of swayed the entire game in the 49ers' favor. To go through the actual sacks, you had... A Bosa with a sack, obviously, should have been two. Actually, no, it shouldn't have been two because it's rough in the passer. But uh, he had one. He was all over a Smith in the second half. Uh, you're looking at a Funga, who had one on a little blitz there, and a Bukum, who had one. So three sacks for the Niners and one for the Seahawks as Quentin Jefferson got home. But four Niners played the game they should play. Uh, they played very safe. They were conservative. They didn't make mistakes. And they let their defense dominate the game. And that's what you're really looking for 
and that's why the team has won seven straight. Now, the one concern, I guess, which isn't a big deal, Robbie Gould missed a field goal, went 0 for 1. He really has not had a great year kicking, and I'm not sure how much it's going to matter, but you're looking at the percentages this season, and he is fine. He's, I believe, 20 of 24 on the season, which is pretty good, but I'm going to point it out there. His leg isn't that strong to begin with. His longest on the season is 51, but I am kind of wondering if he's going to potentially cost the Niners a game or so based on either accuracy or overall distance because he's not exactly the greatest at reaching. But overall, that's his first missed kick since uh, October 9th. Or, uh, yeah, his first missed uh, field goal since uh, October 9th. But it's really the distance that's kind of throwing me off here. Uh, he's two for two on 50-plus yard field goals, but he hasn't attempted one in over a month or over yeah, roughly two months at this point. So I do wonder if that's going to be a concern. But either way, I do think you'll end up seeing the Niners probably end up uh, coasting to another win here against the Commanders. Do want to segue into uh, the Commanders' breakdown, though. They entered this game following a Sunday Night Football loss to the Giants. Bit controversial. You had a couple of calls that went against Washington there in the red zone in the final couple minutes, but the Commanders still lost, and they... Really couldn't do anything offensively in that game. They only scored 12 points. They gave up seven points on a fumble touchdown, which definitely didn't help matters for Washington. But they managed to somewhat rally. They were down 11 at the half and then made a bit of a game out of it, but still uh, down five in the fourth quarter. Uh, they ended up giving up a field goal with about 155 to go and then had the drive, which culminated with the McLaurin penalty and then the potential pass interference no call. But to go through the numbers here, uh, the Giants definitely outplayed Washington, uh, or at least in my opinion, I thought they did. I know the yards are in favor of Washington, but the Giants really just seemed to take control and early on, and they kind of just coasted after that. Uh, they ended up winning time possession battle. Barkley was very solid. It was a little bit weird that Robinson didn't get much run. He had 12 carries for 89 yards, and yet he only had 12 carries, which I thought was very, very weird, but... The Giants' defense came through, was a terrible unit for the last couple of weeks, had extra time to actually get a bit healthier into game plan, but Daniel Jones was sacked zero times, Barkley had 87 rushing yards and a touchdown, and the Giants relied on the ground game and defense, and that was good enough because the Commanders ended up uh, struggling in pass protection. Heineke got sacked uh, three times, he had one touchdown, no pick, QBR of 37, uh, 35.7. Daniel Jones, though... I mentioned how I thought he played a decent game. He only had 160 passing yards, but his QBR was 74. So it seems like people thought he played a pretty good game at 10 carries for 35 yards. But the real story there was either the controversial ending or the fact that the Giants did a good job of really bending and not breaking throughout the game. Plus, there were a lot of turnovers for Washington, which really was the story of the game. You had Heineke, who lost two fumbles, and that was the story because the Giants committed zero turnovers. So... Kind of similar to the Niners game in the sense that the offensive showing might not have been the most impressive. The Niners offense looked better than the Giants, but the real story was the turnover differential as the Giants won two to nothing. And one of those turnovers turned out to be a touchdown, which was a free seven points. So commanders now seven, six and one clinging to the final wild card spot or one of the final wild card spots, but it's definitely a must win game for Washington. I mentioned some of the stats here, Heineke, had the two fumbles, 249 passing yards, one touchdown. Robinson, 12 carries, 89 yards. Once again, don't know why he only had 12 carries. 
You had Dotson, who was very good, had 105 yards on four catches and a touchdown. McLaurin had six catches for 70. Curtis Samuel had three catches for 44. And to go through the sacks here, Washington had zero. Uh, we'll see if Chase Young comes back. I He was rumored to come back for two months already, and he still hasn't showed up. But looking at the Giants, you had Ojolari who had a sack. You had Anderson, who had a sack. And you had or Ojolari at half a sack. Lawrence at half a sack. Uh, Anderson had a full sack. And you had Thibodeau, who had a sack. So pass protection, bit of a concern there for Washington. And that is a serious thing to keep note of because of how good the Niners pass rush is, especially when healthy. But the actual spread and total for this game, Niners are favored by seven at home. The total is somewhere around 38, 38 and a half, opened up at 41 and a half and has been bet down pretty heavily. But for this game, I alluded to it before we actually broke down the Commanders game last week. I'm taking the Niners. They have extra prep time against a team that really isn't that great offensively. The Niners are six and one straight up at home. They are rolling. Uh, they're my pick right now to win the NFC, especially with the shoulder injury to Hurts, which we have to keep an eye on for Philly. But the Niners have just been on cruise control, and the Commanders, don't get me wrong, it's a good story. They were awful to start the year, then Wentz got benched, and they kind of found some life. But the Commanders lost and tied with the Giants, and you're looking at the Niners and how well they've played. I really think Washington, who's only averaging 18.9 points per game, is going to have a really hard time moving the ball. I think you'll see the Commanders maybe reach 13 as a ceiling in this game, but I really don't see much more than that. I think it's going to be a similar story to that Seahawks game where the Niners get up early, they drain a lot of clock, they don't do anything stupid, and they end up letting their defense just really dictate the tone of this game. Washington's defense is good too, so I think this game will be a lower scoring one, but I see a similar score to what we saw in that Seattle game. I'll see some. I'll say somewhere around 24-10, something like that. I, I really think the Niners coast to a win. The question is, will the Washington defense do enough to prevent this game from going over? I think they will because the Niners still want to dominate time possession and they still want to avoid really fully unleashing Purdy, rightfully so. So I see a lot of safe routes, a lot of safe play calls, and you'll see the Niners kind of just dominate through I'd say a thousand paper cuts where they're just going to drain a bunch of time off the clock for four or five yards of carry, move the chains, take up a bunch of time per drive and score touchdowns. But for me, I'll go with the Niners to win this game 24 to 10. So I like the Niners minus four, uh, minus a seven, sorry, I like the 49ers minus seven. And I like the under 38 and a half. But that's in this episode of the Betty Mary podcast here for Thursday, December 22nd. Bye everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.